0: Ah, you obviously know Kung Fu. You're listening
1: to the Kung Fu Drive In Podcast.
2: I know Kung Fu. Welcome to the Kung Fu Drive In Podcast. Adjust your speaker box, sit back, relax, and remember your Kung Fu may be good, but mine
3: is better. <laughs>
2: What's up boys and clan, another special episode on tap here for you guys. I was lucky enough to be a guest at the Chinese Kung Fu and Karate Expo 13 hosted by Sifu Cliff, which was a fantastic event. It was a showcase and celebration of martial arts of all styles. We saw demos from practitioners of Kung Fu, Karate, Ninjitsu, and even a dose of medieval European martial arts. There's a thrilling dragon dance that echoed through the halls of the Golden Nugget Casino, and I already can't wait to see what's in store for Expo 14 next year. If you have a chance to attend, go to the Facebook page and sign up to get inspired to teach, train, or just take in all the history and mystery of the martial arts. So buckle up and let's go!
4: All right, joining me right now here at the uh, Chinese Kung Fu and Martial Arts Expo 13 is Professor David Steyer. Professor, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me on. Uh, so we're here to talk about your book, uh, A Black Belt's Journey, Karate Kid to Studio Owner. First
5: of all, let me know uh, what kind of martial arts do you study? So I do Ed Parker's American Kenpo Karate. Um, I started when I was 13, okay. now 35, so it's been about 22 years now. I uh, just received my sixth degree black belt uh, almost about five years ago. What brought you to martial arts in the first place? So the major thing that brought me to martial arts was being bullied. Um, I grew up I can count on at least one hand how many bullies I had, at least almost five of them. Um, So that really allowed me to uh, figure myself out. Uh, So of course, building the self-confidence, self-discipline, all these things, all the tools that every kid really needs to really grow up, being able to then handle these bullies however I needed to. Of course, sometimes you need to handle it. Other times you go to the teacher, things like this. Um, But yeah. Yeah, Uh,
4: and that's a common story that I hear that there's It's uh, often a case of bullying where you need to develop some kind of self-confidence and some way to protect yourself in case you need to. But uh, I also hear that the tenant behind martial arts is Having it in your back pocket but never needing to use it.
5: Absolutely. Absolutely. So basically all these tools that I learned over the years allowed me to grow up from where I am today. I think I've only needed to use it about two times even those two times it was like I'm not here to to beat somebody down. That's not what it's for. Okay. You hit them one shot, you're done. It's like are we finished? Let's (laughs) leave. All
4: right, so now you've gone from student to a studio owner, is that right? Correct. Uh, how long have you had your studio? So we're gonna be open five years this October. Congratulations. Thank Great. you. Thank you. And you're teaching Kenpo? American Kenpo. Yep. Okay. Uh, and the Kempo that I understand, I, I'm, I'm relatively new to martial arts. Uh, I've been studying it for about a year, a little bit over a year. Uh, I'm 47 so I'm on the older side of, of students as far as uh, students are concerned. But um, the base of my system is is Kenpo.
5: What is it about Kempo that attracted you to the martial art? um I mean the major thing when again when I was 13 I walked into the karate studio and I see two black belts going back and forth doing what we call techniques and it just mesmerized me when walking in there, uh, watching these two guys going back and forth. I mean, I grew up watching Street Fighter, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mortal Kombat, playing all the games. That's how I came up in it. That's what got me interested. And then once uh, uh, I was about seven or so, uh, I signed up for free lessons with what it was called Kim's Karate. So I got two lessons. Uh, They taught me how to do an axe kick. I came home, kicked my sister in the head, my dad's like, nope, we're done. So he knew I wanted to continue at some point so we said when I was 13 we we're gonna try again so uh, my dad was at Jiffy Lube getting his oil changed and I said alright let's go across the street I saw a karate studio American Kemba Karate Studios right on the main street so we go in there I'm watching these two guys so my dad starts talking to the owner he looks at me and he goes, how much or less <laughs> that was <laughs> it course, that yeah. was the beginning so what is your approach to uh, owning a studio now um, so there's a lot of newer things uh, that are really coming up that a lot of the older generations don't really know. Um, really how to get a good number of students mm-hmm. in every month. I get between about five to ten new students every month um, when doing the certain tips that are which are in my actual book, um, certain tips to get these students. Okay. Um, that's really the major thing. Um, and just getting on the computer, getting to social networking, is the biggest thing now. It used to be when Karate Kid and all that was out, everything was word of mouth.
3: Right.
5: Now, word of mouth is, unfortunately, word of mouth is dead. It's, it's, you don't see that anymore. Everything is social networking, so you need to make sure um, that you're, you're really getting yourself out there. Okay. So people see you. Um, now, studios from way back when
4: as opposed to studios now. Is there a big difference in the approach to teaching students?
5: You see a difference in the approach to teaching them when you look at more of the older generations. It was very strict, which is fine. Mm-hmm. You need the discipline. That's why the kids are there. But when you're looking at studios now, you find studios that are still disciplined and then you find studios that are more money based I guess you can yeah. say which is very unfortunate Okay, that's not what it should be so on that
4: tack then how do let's say parents who are looking to enroll their kids in a studio how do they
5: avoid the McDojo the McDojo's absolutely so do your homework number one mm-hmm. get out on the internet look at these schools um, look at the ratings of the schools look at what other people are saying about the schools Instagram Google get on the Google page their Google business page every. Studio should have one. See how many stars they have, see what uh, feedback is about the studio. Um, try and research the instructor as well. Yeah. Um, because some instructors, they've been around a while, but there's some things in the past that shouldn't have happened. Okay. So really do your due diligence before you just jump. Do due diligence just like in here. If, a, if you're going to open a studio, do your due diligence and research. Mm. Same thing uh, when you're trying to find a school.
4: What's been the hardest thing so far about being a studio owner?
5: Um, One of the biggest things, uh, um, again, which is also in my book, uh, again, I'm 35. Mm -hmm. Not many people my age are six degrees or above whatever. So one of the biggest things when opening the studio, which unfortunately ages them, you come to a person and they say, well, you're only 20-something, you're only 30-something, you don't know what you're doing. Which is very wrong, because a lot of the times we know more than the other person even knows. Sure. Because when I was coming up, my instructor taught me this. It's like, you're going to teach, okay, but know how to run the studio. Mm -hmm. So someday you're going to open up your own studio. You need to know how to do it. Okay. So where can people go to find the book? So you can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Twitter. Um, Again, it's David Steyer, S-Z-T-A-J-E-R. Styres Martial Arts, um, they can actually purchase the book, uh, which is Stiers, um Bitly, it's a Bitly link, so it's bit, B-I-T, uh, period, L-Y, and then a four slash Styres Martial Arts book, um, we're selling them $10 each, um, two for, uh, uh, two for 20, with one autograph, or $70 for 10 of them. Okay, awesome. Professor, thank you so much for stopping by, appreciate it. Nice to meet you. Thank you.
4: We're here at the uh, Chinese Kung Fu Martial Arts Expo 13. I'm here with Shihan Charles Heimlich. Shihan, thank you so much for joining the show. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's great to have you. Uh, what style of martial arts uh, do you
0: study? Well, actually, I study uh, Goju group. Okay. Uh, but I have done other arts as well, uh, a lot of different things uh, throughout the years. And uh, But Goju is the main one. What is it about Goju that... Made you choose that over the others? Well, I really like Goju uh, basically because of uh, the concept. It's a hard soft style. Okay. And it also uh, has, uh, it's hard soft and it's also 50% hands and 50% feet. So it's pretty balanced. It's a very balanced art. And it's Japanese. And uh, I'm a smaller guy, so mm-hmm. the Japanese arts have really fit me well. Okay. Um, so that's why I think it's a really good art. A lot of the kicks are lower kicks, so they're more practical for self defense. Um, And like I said, it's hard and soft. So the soft style is similar to Aikido. There's a lot of Aikido movements. uh, Similar to like uh, Steven Seagal. Mm -hmm. Uh, When I watch Seagal move, we do a lot of those same similar techniques. Why why did you take up martial arts in the first place? Well, basically I started it, um, I always had an interest in it, Okay. Uh, I think one of my heroes way back when, obviously Bruce Lee, sure. but uh, also Billy Jack, and when <laughs> I saw Billy Jack, you know, I was like, wow, man, can I do that too, you know, and uh, I grew up in a rough neighborhood, a okay. uh, very very tough neighborhood, and uh, you know, um, so I decided I need to learn how to protect myself better uh, than just street fighting and things like that, I, I wanted to know what to do and how to do it, so uh, I started, you I'm very happy about it.
4: How long have you been studying? I started training in 1982. Okay. Right. From what I've heard about martial arts, I'm new to martial arts myself. I've okay. only been studying for a year. Okay. Uh, but uh, I, I plan to keep with it. But from what I understand, Martial arts is really a lifelong discipline. You're always a student. Absolutely. It's a way of life. Absolutely, Absolutely. yes. Okay, so you continue to train then? Oh, yeah.
0: I train. I teach. I train. I I try to stay active in it. I I do uh, seminars. I do a lot of seminars. One of my main pet peeves is uh, women's self-defense. Okay. And I've noticed that a lot of schools, or I should say instructors that teach women's self-defense, they're not really giving the women what they really need. And a lot of them is a false sense of security. I've gone around and I've seen seminars and I'm like, what are they doing? They're going to get these girls killed. Mm. So uh, I put together my own system for women's self-defense and uh, so I've been
4: teaching that for a while as well. Okay. Well, that's one of the things that uh, was uh, interesting to me about joining the martial arts. I have three daughters. So, of course, I want them to be able to handle themselves if if they need to. Uh, But it's interesting that you you bring up women's martial arts because historically, martial arts and training has been kind of a boys club, right? So it's been a little, it might've been a little tougher earlier on for, for women to, to break in or, or be accepted or whatever. Um, I, I'm sure it's changing now obviously cause my daughters are in it. Uh, my instructors I have plenty of female instructors, so that's not an issue. Um, but that barrier for, uh, for women to, to be, to get involved in martial arts, is it, is it better for them? Is it easier or is it, uh, Does it really come down to the school and the instructors? I believe it does come down to the instructor. Uh,
0: First of all, there's military training, that's Mm -hmm. what martial arts is, military training. So yes, it was geared towards men mostly for for years and years, over 2,000 years, Uh, and now we're really bringing women into it we're trying to teach them how important it is and that it can save your life. Awareness and alertness alone can make a woman 98% safer. as, soon as we teach them awareness skills and alertness skills, that is already they're already improved. They're, they're um, safe. So as far as techniques, you keep them very uh, basic, very simple, uh, street wise, and they're they're great. They're great at it. In fact, I'll tell you a little story real quick. Uh, when I started training, I was like a yellow orange belt, and uh, my sensei said, uh, you know, there was a green belt girl. She was young. She was like eighteen, and my sensei so he said, go out there and spar with her. And she was green though, right? And I said, oh, so I, I can't do that. I don't her, you know? And I was like, no way, I'm not doing it, you know? And he's like, go do it, you know? And he was insisting, go spar. So I, I went out there, half far, you know, so i just throw a couple. She, boom, 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 she hit me. And I was like, whoa, oh, wait a minute. Okay, so now, let me wait to, you know, I wrote, she woke me up. So I was like, oh, now I'm, now I'm gonna try, you know? I tried to hit her and I couldn't. And then she did a technique where she did a spinning back fist, hit me, and then, then a sidekick dropped me down one <laughs> they hit me again, I was like I love this, yeah. this stuff's real and, and that's when I fell in love with it and that's when I knew how real it was she went on to become a police officer yeah. obviously, yeah. Uh, obviously. Useful. <laughs> yeah. 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 so excellent so yes, women can protect themselves right? from a man yeah. it, it doesn't make a difference and I even asked my kids in my, in my programs, you know the boys and the girls, they love this stuff and I always say, so who's stronger, the boys, and they're like yeah and I was like, who's stronger? The girls are like, yeah. I'm like, all right, I'm going to tell you the truth. The one that works the hardest, they're the ones that are stronger. That's good, that's good. So, yeah.
4: Where do, you, do you have schools around
0: now? So, right now, actually, what I'm doing is, like I said, I'm, I I stopped teaching from my school so I could do more seminars. Gotcha. And I'm also getting into acting. So, I'm doing a lot of acting stuff okay. right now. Uh, I got into Creed 2. Oh, cool. And, uh, yeah, it was really cool. It was very fun. Uh, I was sitting at the ring and thought Lunge comes over taps me on the shoulder, you know, I'm like, oh my god, yeah. It was really great. And then um, I then I recently did um, uh, Chadwick Bozeman from the yeah. Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's doing a new movie called 17 Bridges, and uh, I got like five scenes in that. Cool. So, yeah. so
4: um, my, my show, actually, I do have a lot of uh, celebrities from TV and film, okay. uh, particularly around the martial arts uh, entertainment field. Uh, what is your take on how martial arts is being represented now? Actually, a lot better. Yeah. Uh, films are getting better and better and better.
0: I'm really impressed with uh, a lot of the films that are coming out. You know, years ago, it wasn't so so good and, mm. and uh, it got a bad name, it got a bad rap from some of the movies Yeah, and uh, you know, and I think it's a shame. I think we need to change that and uh, give it a new rap and like, have people understand what martial arts really is, you know,
4: and uh, so yeah, it's getting a lot better. Very cool. Is there something out there that you're looking forward to in terms of martial arts film uh, that you would point to as a really good representation of our martial arts? Really good representation coming up.
0: Coming uh, up, that's, already, or that's out there right now. That's out there right now. I know um, Cynthia Rothrock had a movie called The Martial Arts Kid, mm-hmm. and uh, I was supposed to be in. That.
1: Uh, she in was the second, in the second one. <laughs> okay,
0: yeah. um, and the second one is not done yet. Right. Uh, but yeah, it was a nice film. Yeah. It was done very well. Uh, the techniques are nice and crisp and clean, uh, very realistic, and it's about bullying. Yeah. So it really taught a lesson, and I think that's important: is is to put lessons into what we do instead of just um, throwing kicks and punches all over the place yeah. you know uh, to actually have a lesson
4: in, in in the movie is really good. Very cool. Sean thank you so That's much cool. for joining. All right. all right thank you sir. Appreciate Let's, it. All right take care. Hey. Uh, I'm being joined right now by Renshi Adam McCauley. Renshi,
0: thank you so much for joining the show. Thank you for having me. So, let's start with your background. What
1: is your martial arts background? Well, I started in martial arts in uh, 1983, and I've been doing it since, ever since, with, uh, I studied under William Richardson, in a Shotokan style, and he was my Mr. Miyagi. So I was the karate kid, that was my story, basically. Picked on, beat on, so I needed that instructor to help me and guide me to be able to stand up for myself. What is the style that you okay. studied? Uh, it's called Okinawate. Okay. What does that encompass? Well, okinawate is the predecessor before Shotokan, okay. so it was an Okinawan style before it turned from Kichu Funakoshi to the Japanese style. So it was basically that beginning. That's why we call it classical okinawa Okay.
4: Was there something about that style that attracted you to it, or was that just what was available at the time?
1: Well, actually, when I first started, I, I I I actually did my research, I tried to look at all the different styles and see exactly what I wanted, but what really made me make the decision was my sensei. uh, So when I met him, he really gave me the insights to to be able to stand for myself and I was just like, this is my home. Okay, what about the style was uh, attractive to you?
6: Well, it was a combination of a bunch of different things. It wasn't just kicks or punches. It was self-defense, it was kicks, it
1: was punches, it was forms, it was weapons. It really just uh, encompassed everything I was looking for in an art and it was in my hometown, so it was very convenient and it was right next door to my family deli, so it was even more convenient. Fighting and then a snack, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so you do you continue to train today? I do. Yes. Okay. I actually have my own school. Okay. Uh, my teacher kind of gave me the foundation for the having the desire and the love for the martial arts and being able to stand up for myself. I just wanted to extend that to other people. To to not have kids have to save their lunch money, take kids home from school, not do after school sports. So I wanted to give that back to the community and the kids. So I made them learn to stand up for themselves. I gave them a, a reason to belong, believe, and achieve greatness in their life. So how long have you been running your school now? Um, 2018, we just passed our 25th anniversary. Oh wow, congratulations. Yeah, so awesome.
4: full-time. Okay. Uh, what is it about your approach to teaching martial arts that may be different from, say, another school?
1: Uh, my approach everybody, is, everybody. is basically everybody we, we really outside. focus on making it a family atmosphere. Mm-hmm. We make sure that the, the we center the side our side. skills and drills around okay. the student as opposed to the style. Hey. So it doesn't keep matter really how you punch and kick. It matters how you teach how to punch and kick. Okay. If that makes sense. Well, Let's get into that a little bit. Because
4: students come in all shapes and sizes. Uh, some are a little bit more into learning than others. Uh, some may be a little bit more driven. To uh, get that black belt, or uh, some may be there just because their parents dropped them off and need a babysitter. So you, know, you know you have you have a bunch of different styles in class. Yes. How do you tailor your class to uh,
1: to reach all of those different types of students? Well, it definitely is a balance, because mm-hmm. you have some students, like myself, who want to get involved for self-defense, and some students want to get involved for physical fitness, or yeah. it's just fun, or their friend yeah. does it. So, and especially at my my ages, we started more in the dun- Dungeon Dojo era, right? So it was more like the, the Jackie Chan and the Bruce Lee, and learn how to really do those clues. Cool moves, but ever since the Karate Kid came out, the movie in the 80s, uh, basically more kids got involved because then it became the culture of character enrichment and character education and there's a reason behind why you should walk away from things as opposed to just get revenge like I wanted mm-hmm. so uh, my teacher gave me that those skills so I could say okay I don't have to fight but I know how to protect myself in case something happens so you know the question that you ask is how you balance that is, is really a difficult one because Do you, you want, want to make sure there's that there's the kids at any age really from are from in it and range getting something range. for why they join. Mm. So a lot of schools yeah. might focus on just the belt, like you said, Listen, as the journey the destination. I, we we kind of offer done. a different perspective. We, we want the here. whole process to be in, the excitement. The money, so like in, instead, instead of a two we'll or do, three years to Black Belt, ours is six to four eight four years, years to Black mm-hmm. Belt. Mm-hmm. So the students From aren't here. staying just for the Black Belt. We make it more of a journey. And I'm proud to say this, actually in this April, we have 24 four kids going for black Wow, who have stayed with it for six to eight years and more. So it's really an honor to be able to do that and balance that Mm -hmm. in a really Mm -hmm. scientific way Mm -hmm. but also a human way. for parents
4: that are looking for a school for their kids what's your advice
1: watch a teacher go watch a class and see how the teacher really teaches cuz there are a lot of amazing martial artists out there they're just maybe not the best instructor and vice versa you could be a really amazing instructor and not be the best martial artist so to have that combination of both it's it's a lifelong journey to be able to find that type of instructor so like I say it doesn't matter Matter what style, uh, it matters what style of instruction get you give Because when you front, can make a connection yeah, with somebody, you know, a you know, teacher don't, relationship is priceless. Like cool. yeah. 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 Where can uh, anybody that go to find out more that information about you, you and your school? Well, well, my school is located in New York. It's very easy. It's kidslovekarate.com. Cool. We're in Peekskill, New York, and again, we're celebrating our 25th plus years, and we just love really sharing our knowledge and being a family fun atmosphere and really Teaching authentic martial arts, classical kanawate, and building better bodies and stronger minds. Awesome! Thank you, Ranchi Adam, for
3: stopping by. Appreciate it. Oh, Thanks for having me. Hey.
1: Alright, so,
4: uh, Warrington Hudlin just uh, introduced me to seafood Gregory Mosley. Thank you so much for joining the show. Thank you, glad to be here. So, uh, what, uh, what we were discussing with, uh, with Mr. Hudlin was uh, the martial arts that I just chose to take up a year ago. I'm 47, I just took it up, but the base of the martial arts that I'm studying is kempo. Uh, and he said that he had uh, a Kempo Grandmaster here in the building with him. So he introduced me to you.
3: But Thank you. Tell me your background. Well, I started at Kempo really at a place called Jerome Mackey's, Judo okay. Incorporated, which was in Brooklyn. Uh, on uh, Flatbush Avenue. This was around 1970. Okay. And I studied Kempo there. Then when the school closed, I continued to stay, study Kempo privately. And then I uh, started training with Al Tracy, okay. who was the grandmaster, who studied under Ed Parker. He was one of Ed Parker's first black belts in the 50s. Wow, wow. And I was with, I, I was with until he passed, I was with Al, Grandmaster Al Tracy uh, since the 80s, at least a good 25, maybe 30 years okay and from there i went from rank to rank to rank okay uh
4: from what i understand Kempo has had some iterations
3: over the years yes I can ask.
4: you explain exactly what that means
3: after ed parker passed away uh his wife even said at the funeral Hello, he left no
6: Master
3: person Claire. that he left the art to. The to, wow. it down to therefore what happened a lot of Kempo black belts that were training with him at the time, broke away and they created their own system. Some of them, unfortunately, made, were maybe third or fourth but made themselves tenth because they created Ready? their own system sure. of tempo. Yeah, sure. and, uh, but out, Grandmaster Al Tracy, what he wanted to do was keep the Kempo as pure as possible the way he learned it from Grandmaster Ed Parker when he first came from the Hawaiian Islands to the United States. Okay. And that's the reason why uh, Al Tracy left Ed Parker because Ed Parker started changing it just a little. The American Kempo became something a little different from the Kempo that, that they were taught. That he and his brothers were taught at the time. Uh, there's different offshoots like uh, Jeff Speakman does the Kempo 5.0 and what he brought to the yard was the uh, ground fighting. Oh, okay. Because even though we had, it's called. it was really called Kempo Jiu Jitsu, which was the original, what s- or, 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 right? the grandmaster Matosi was teaching at the time, right? a lot of stuff was lost over the years. So a lot of Kempo became more like strikes and locks. And, <laughs> oh, no, but we got, no, meanwhile, the original Kempo, the Kosheru, the old well, pine tree style, had archery, had
6: oh, really? really? healing
3: arts, <laughs> <laughs> had all of that. If you look up uh, a gentleman named Ted Subner, he was one of uh, Tracy's first black belts, he teaches those arts. Oh. And so, forth. so all that was part of the art. Because remember, the Japanese brought that art right. from China to <laughs> Japan. And okay. uh, that's when they added all those things that they were doing, as well as the Chinese Kung Fu that they learned. Okay. And it's mixed it together.
4: What is the iteration that you personally studied?
3: I studied Tracy Kempo. I also uh, trained and I also practice American Kempo principles within my Tracy Kempo. Okay. Because the innovations that uh, Ed Parker made oh. after the Tracy's Left, mm-hmm. I think, are well, very, very, uh, very street oriented. Um, someone who was a lot overkill, but like Larry, uh, Grandmaster Larry Taylor says, I teach you to be over like skilled. Overskill. yes, <laughs> which is sometimes better. Okay. But one complements the other. The principles are still the same, same stanzas and everything mm-hmm. else. It's just that some of the techniques have changed because Al, Grandmaster Al Tracy was one of the ones that added the poetic name so, to the techniques. He also okay, helped so Ed Parker he develop he the bell to system, to the colored bell system. Four, because okay, he was okay, teaching okay. at the dojo while Ed Parker was teaching celebrities and Beverly Hills and so forth. So he and his brothers were running the schools okay. at the time. All right, and so how long have you been studying? I studied since 1970. So you figure what, almost a century, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm getting old. <laughs> yeah. But
4: how come how come you're still studying it today? Why, why, what has been the pull to keep you training
0: for so
3: long? I like it because it's a, it's a scientific martial mm-hmm. art. In other words, uh, you have to use your brain. It's it's like playing chess with your opponent. Okay. Uh, it's like um, you anticipate a person's direction they're gonna move as you strike them, mm-hmm. and your strike is traveling the same direction. So it's like economy of motion, like Bruce Lee used to say. Yeah, yeah. You're using less effort, but you're still showing, you're still giving power in your strike because they're actually moving into that strike. Okay. So you know where their body's gonna be as you're striking. Do you train every day still or are you training I train every day, day. Every I day. train every day As a matter of fact I belong in New York City I belong to the Health and Racket Club but what I do is I run in the studio and I do about 8 or 9 cotters before I start lifting Oh really but marshal, I have to do something martial in the gym mm-hmm. that's just part of what I do but I believe that instead of Jump a rope, or instead of doing a bicycle, I rather do my katas Okay. Because yeah. and then, what it is is um, you know, to me, I always tell people it's like fighting your demons. Okay. Okay. Yeah, say yeah. you had a bad day or whatever, but yeah. you're supposed to be imagining the opponents around you as you do your kata Once you get your moves down, you have to imagine that. Then it becomes less of a dance and more of a combat strategy for you. Okay. You have to imagine you your are opponents at, around you know, all the time. Great. Sure. And you'd be surprised how by if doing you your kata that way, your self-defense is created. even better. Because you know, all mm-hmm. the techniques mm-hmm. of self, the, all the katas, especially 7, you get it more advanced, 4, self the techniques are hidden 8. within the kata. Give a right,
4: hand right, to right. Master Furman.
3: I uh, got my daughters involved and learned it with me. So we, we, we've old. been studying for a year
4: now. If Acerico you, suggested, guy, if you were to suggest a
3: style for. A beginner go, would you suggest, Kempo? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Get my hands, absolutely. Because what it is, like I said, I'm it's uh, a thinking man's art, a thinking woman's art. Okay, and boy. you don't have to be strong, you don't have to be uh, tall. To it, a Kempo is tailored to fit the old. individual. Okay. So you can fit yourself within that style. Like, of course, uh, a hammer strikes do. Your, your body's traveling in the same direction. If I hit you with a hammer in the groin, I know your head's going to bend down. So, therefore, I do upskill elbow up as you're coming. And that's something any kid can do that. Sure, sure. You're using the other person. And as you're blocking, you're using the other person's force. You're just redirecting the force, not going force against force. There are some techniques and boss, we do force against force. But as you get more advanced, 60, you learn how to redirect that force, 68. they're at passing right by you. Right,
4: right, right. Um, are there any other styles that attracted you or that you might want to, that you want sure. to experiment with?
3: Sure. I, uh I like the Aido you know, that uh, that Rico Guy was doing, it's very yeah. nice. I actually,
6: uh, to going a,
3: toward Tai Chi,
6: because yes. Tai Chi,
3: I believe, is for it's going back brand almost brand to the access access basics access of soft and hard. In any style you learn, it has to be um, soft and hard. I don't care how oh, hard the style is, if you look at so the amazing. kata they're doing, there's some soft goals. aspects I'm to okay. it. Because okay. when you do your kata, you have to focus. me, yeah, you have to, Kimmy, the you the have to focus. Right. To when you focus, you're you're soft uh, until you get to the point of contact. You're not tense throughout clarity, the whole movement right. because you take away from it's the movement. It's like an airplane. Like an airplane. Like if you open your fingers yeah. a little bit yeah. and punch and focus on one point, the air can go in between your fingers. It makes your technique faster and you're more relaxed. So the Tai Chi is, is also for health. Uh, Grandmaster L. Tracy used to teach uh, Tai Chi as well. He, he used to call it yeah, Kempo for self-defense, Tai Chi for old. health. Mm, because as you're twisting and turning you're massaging your internal organs so you can grow old gracefully which is what I want to do is grow old gracefully I'm 63 (laughs) now yes you're 63 I'm 63 yes I've been training all my life bro this is 63 right here okay (laughs) I'm trying (laughs) (laughs) about an hour ago I was feeding the kids so (laughs) (laughs) so okay
4: you're
1: 63 how long do you envision continuing to train?
3: I hope to continue through my 80s as long as I'm around 90s I look at people like uh, Grandmaster Ron Van (laughs) Cleef Mm-hmm. He's now doing uh, the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. He's so 77 years old. Yeah. That's where I want to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I look at uh, Grandmaster yeah, yeah, yeah. Leo Funk. Leo Funk is still... He's work. 90 years old. He's still okay. active. Wow. He's the one that... Brought, as a matter of fact, Why I'll tell you a quick story. Leo Funk brought Bruce yeah, Lee you know, to jealous. Al Tracy's school. They were friends. He, he and Ed Parker were friends, but Tracy had clearly hadn't 70, come in contact them with Bruce. He brought him to the school and, um... Asked to go on to the, the floor. So just,
6: yeah, go the floor. Yeah, yeah, go
3: on the floor. Yet yeah, one of the kempo black bells throw a fast punch. With, <laughs> bub, bub, bub. <laughs> Second one came, bum-bub, bum, <laughs> Is it, and and Al Tracy got her turn seven. red in the faces. Who's this? But then he say, "No, this is Bruce Lee. This is your <laughs> grandmaster's best friend." You know, so forth and so on. So they became friends after that. Wow,
4: that's awesome. Um, and we were, uh, I mean, we we're here at this expo. Chu grandmaster Chiu-Chi Ling is here, and he's. We we just we're discussing.
3: He's I'm well up. into his seventies. Yes, he something. is. He's still got speed. And his energy is amazing We we were just eating together (laughs) And he was all over the place Oh, put your, put your
4: Put your cup, put your So what is your outlet With the martial arts now? Are you teaching it Or are you
3: just I teach privately One-on-one As a matter of fact Tomorrow morning I'm going to be dead tomorrow morning I have to teach my black belts One, he has a hair salon Hairstyle by Joseph And he's all The celebrities hair But he's been my black belt For 30 years And his son Is also a hairstylist there. He's like 35 I've now, I started training he him when I was five. Her. Wow. But now, the father's a little upset because now the son doesn't want to do here. He wants to teach. <laughs> he said, later celebrities, I want to teach martial arts.
4: Um, so, one of the things that I focus on with the show is uh, martial arts in entertainment, TV, film what is your take on how it's being I represented in those
3: mediums uh i see more fight i see fighting getting a little better. The money here okay. i mean we're watching at home we're watching um Whiskey caviar. Say,
2: oh, okay. yeah.
3: Woman. And I was watching, uh, uh I actually watching the villain, the last episode, doing martial arts, and she looked pretty good. Yeah. And she even though, I forgot who the actress is, her fight scenes are not bad. So okay. It looks like it's getting a little better than it was before. There's no long, drag-out fights. I mean, it's straight to the point, but it's still entertaining. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Were you a
4: kung fu film fan growing up?
3: Yes, I was. Like very much so. In the 70s, that kung fu theater? Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> very much so. As a matter of fact, I grew up around a, uh, independent uh, filmmaker, but he also was a martial artist okay. for many, okay, many years. So he tried to combine the two together. So I followed him as awesome he, we were shooting little oh, Super 8, awesome. a- 16, Super 16 projects. Finally, we did a 35 millimeter project before he passed called Crackdown oh, Big I City met. Blues. Part and part I played a vigilante people that executed work. drug dealers in the street. <laughs> and it, 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 it got picked up at a Cannes Film Festival oh, cool. in the 90s. Oh, cool. And the film company, the distributors, just released it. So one of the producers is still. Around, he love, got this film company love, uh, called The Film Detective uh, and he re released it. Oh, so right. now it's on uh, Amazon. Oh, really? Yes, yeah. it's on Amazon. Okay, right. so uh, what's that called? Crackdown Big City Blues. Crackdown Big City Blues on Amazon,
4: so if you have Prime, um, I'm sure you can check it out there.
3: Yes, and uh, it was one of Ronda Ross's first acting debuts. He played uh, actually uh, a crack junkie. In, oh, wow. Yes, awesome. and also. Uh, in the dance scene, like you'll see uh, um, a- her sister and also dancing. Like cool,
4: you. very cool. Where, 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 All right, so uh, yeah, if anybody I'm wants here. private lessons, can uh, they uh, contact
6: you? Yeah. Where, where sure,
3: sure. They can we go do do to so uh, my website or email me, greg at com. I have a Facebook also,
6: uh, Greg
3: Mosley's uh, Self-Defense and Fitness. But I also have a TV show on New York City Cable called Martial Universe. Oh, wow. And what I do, I go around shooting events. Um, I've been to the museum and the Moving Image and shot events there. Yep. Uh, I also uh, highlight like, Sifu call. We did, a, uh, so, we did a show at St. Francis College, and I filmed that. If you look up, and I also, what I do is, the show's 28 minutes once a month. Okay. But once it shows to New York City residents, on cable, I throw it on the Facebook page. It's also called Martial Universe. Okay,
4: Martial Universe on Facebook, 52.
3: YouTube as well. Oh uh, yes, I have a YouTube. Well, if you look on the Martial, uh, the, the Facebook page, you'll see more more videos. There's also on YouTube as well.
4: Awesome. Fantastic. You yes. be See, be for, thank you so much for joining thank us. Thank you. Uh, and keep,
3: keep true. Sure Y'all you love are. Kempo and your daughter will too. Absolutely. <laughs> well, Appreciate it. it. And those thank kind you. of little oh, principles God. that Kempo has always always stays with you. I hope so. I hope yes. so. Um, I'm,
4: like I said, I started late but I think it's better than,
3: than ever, right? That's <laughs> yes, right. And it's never. you're never too old to study martial arts. You just gotta find one that you're comfortable with.
1: <laughs>
4: Great. So, awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. and Thank you. Okay, Appreciate it. Thank you. It's the end of the day here at the Chinese Kung Fu Martial Arts Expo 13, hosted by Sifu Cliff. Sifu Cliff, thank you so much for the show. Thank you for inviting us. uh, And thank you for having such a cool event with so many cool people. So uh,
6: tell me, what do you like about it? Okay,
4: so one of the things that was so impressive with all of this stuff is because as a fan of martial arts movies, Uh, One of the things that uh, never, say, permeated when I was younger was the fact that martial arts were real. It always felt a little bit supernatural to me when I was a kid. But seeing it uh, so in your face and uh, as a practical, uh, appreciable skill is is always so uh, encouraging. It encouraged me to the point where I decided to take up martial arts a year ago. So I've, uh, you know, I've now I've been studying it for a year and I've learned a whole new facet of, uh, of uh, a way to control my body and, and, and harness my energy and my, my power and skill and whatever. So that's the kind of stuff that uh, shows like this put a spotlight on and it's always so cool to see it. And it's great to see so many different styles represented by so many different people. Uh, and uh, the cast of tears was was amazing.
6: Yeah, so yeah, you, you're kind of summing it up pretty good there. <laughs> you know, so our show, um, our concept originally is about uh, friendship. We want to bring the martial art masters. That's why we call it the Kung Fu and Karate Expo. Mm-hmm. So we bring both, uh, you know, everybody thinks that we're against each other. Right, right. And uh, the, the reality is we're all working hard. We're, we're joined forces. We're creating uh, quite a, uh, you know, Powerful statement, in martial arts. Uh, today's environment uh, certainly needs it. Uh, we're trying to project our our um, our method mm-hmm. of friendship out to the general public, to younger generation. You know, so. You know, we 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 want to do our best to do that, and to do that, you got to get the best. Right, right. So you get the best martial artists to come out. And over the years, we became international, and uh, we've we've attracted uh, uh, not just uh, strong martial artists, but some people very well famous actors, directors, producers, and stuff. You know, there's a lot of things like that. But the thing is, we put them all to work everybody's working <laughs> yeah, right. you know so we we i don't know how many martial arts how many demonstrations we had so today. many demos so many, 100 and, and
4: some amazing demos out there too some really really crazy skill yeah um and uh one of the things that uh, i want to talk with you about is uh your your, your movie marsh the martialist yeah the decline and rise of martial arts yeah uh you're filming a sequel to it
6: oh yeah yeah we've been working on a second movie now and we're, we're trying to uh, right. You know, enhance what we did before, mm. add some more different flavor to it, yeah. better scenes, add more women. I think I was telling you about this before. Yep. So, yep. you know, and uh, we, we have our comic book actually uh, premiered today. Oh, awesome. We had our comic book first printing of the cover. Cool. And uh, we it was been a hard work for that to happen, And uh, but within this time we've gained a lot more uh uh full cast partners you know you call them the major stars of the movie that's awesome when's the comic book going to be released well we're trying to get it out by the by somewhere this year okay. and uh i've already got the script through and just moving through with that uh the movie a little bit strong too so who's the talent on the comic book Oh, God. Let's see. Well, we have Chu Ling Chu, the ultra ultra famous uh, yep. Kung Fu star. He's there. We got uh top samurai in the country. But um, yep. yep. then there's other people in there, like Shin, April. Uh, she plays in Amazon. Oh, cool. Angry barbarian. <laughs> you know, so, um, you know, uh, Master Raja's in there. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Huffert, you know myself I played myself but we all have uh, yeah. powers and yeah. right uh, we had this discussion easy. the last so it's time called martialists the comic book yeah
4: the, the, we had this discussion the last time that we talked uh, about um, how martial arts was being represented uh, now you've you've got the, the movie you've got the
6: comic book as another way to no no t- tell me where we met yes at the, at the AMC theater we can say that yeah right They have a different show Mm -hmm. But they don't represent Martial arts Right Not necessarily No They don't No They have movies Right That are Influenced by martial arts So The best thing we could be In a lot of their cases Is a stuntman And we would be in the back credits Right So we're not trying to be that Right right Why would you want to Spend your entire life a Hunchy Lingo Over there In the background Mm -hmm. Right You've been doing this stuff For 50 50 plus years Mm -hmm. Right 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 they're so still giving the back credits of a movie. Right, right. They don't want that. Today's, if, if you were going to say, in medieval times, you would be this, you would be that, you know, the different caste systems. You might be a knight, you might be a serf, probably a serf, probably a peasant. <laughs> right. Right? Yep. But a martial artist is always a knight.
3: Mm-hmm.
6: We're a knight there. Right, right. In yeah. Asia, we're... we're, we're uh, uh, Kenjai we're uh, we we're a knight of errands mm-hmm. we're a samurai right we're Ronan, Ronan. Right. but yet we're men of skill and women of skill yeah you yeah. know And uh, so that's what we're trying to get to We you have to do with the action of martial art you know what I mean
4: yeah and uh, we, we were speaking about that uh, a little bit because for that to be represented well you've got to put those martial artists in those roles, right? You've got to give them that spotlight.
6: That's the secret of it all. If you decide to go where these people are, they're not going to hire you. Mm -hmm. There's a good reason. We're not good actors. (laughs) Right. (laughs) If you want to go for a role where you're an actor, they're looking for the actor. Yeah. And then then they'll do what they've always done. Here you go. You're in the background and now you're... All of a sudden, you know, we have had... We have quite a few yeah. people here that hold that uh, stuntman yeah. position. And do you, you think know? there's no ambassadors out there that
4: can be both?
6: Well, 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 why, why do we need them? I, I don't know. We don't need them. No, okay. no we don't need them. We, they, if they want us, we'll be happy to be there. We have no disrespect to them. But the real fact is that we are ourselves. <clears throat> we can stand our own two feet. We take that camera and make a movie. Yeah, yeah. The Marshallists did
4: a great job of highlighting these people uh, for their skill and for their approach and for their philosophy. Uh, is Hollywood going to do something like that
6: Matters who they are, you know. Hong Kong and Hollywood are two different places. Um, It matters who they are, yeah. And uh, you know, we we've we've had Robert Downey Jr. He's highly influenced by Wing Chun. Mm -hmm. He's been doing it for about ten years now, and uh, then you then you got other people. So the real um real thing is, well, why do I see? The truth is, I really don't care. Okay, personally. Okay, I make a movie. I directed it. I put it in. I'm in the theaters. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Did I have funding? Did I have backing? You know, nobody. You know what I mean? So, yeah. You just kind of just do what it is. So, but yeah, we, we did it. This is a year's worth of work. You know. It's a fantastic event. So I want to thank the Golden Nugget uh, for the support. That they, they uh, have a great venue. Yeah. Pretty smooth this year, the year before, and the year before that. <laughs> <you know?
4: laughs> so three years we've been there. So. It was awesome. It was a great time. Uh, we we met some. Cool people and and more importantly some cool ambassadors of martial arts all over the place. Yeah,
6: so I'm glad I'm glad you came out yourself and, and you know we need people like you we need this you know. So we need the, the, the Kung Fu Drive in podcast. <laughs> Eventually, he's going to change that name. I'm going to tell you, he will because he's going to make it short and sweet like Expo 13. That's what right, I call right, my show. Right. But, but you'll become better at it. And, and you, you know, I'm glad that you, I'm glad you made it. Thank I'm you so glad much. you heard me. Oh, yes. (laughs) When we were talking over in uh, Times Square. Yes. You know? Absolutely. It was great uh, meeting you there. It was
4: great being at the show. Thank you. And I wish you the best of luck for the future shows. And hopefully we can still be a part of it. Thanks
6: a lot, man. Uh, Yeah, next year, we're going to kill it again. we try to bring the zombies back into our show. (laughs) So uh, thanks a lot for everything. Thank you. And thank you very much. much. Thank you.
2: Thank you to all the special guests who stopped by to chat with me, and thanks again to Sifu Cliff for having us. I had an amazing time at the expo and very much look forward to seeing and talking to many more guests next year. Thanks also to my awesome cameraman, Les Munoz, who set me up with plenty of footage, which will be hitting the Kung Fu Drive-In YouTube page as soon as I can get all the editing done. So one more time, if you have an opportunity to join the Kung Fu and Karate Expo 14 next year, get it on your calendar and join us for more awesome martial arts action. Until next time, Poison Clan.
1: Peace. Poison Clan rocks the world.